spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, on this episode of DC On Screen, we're having a lot of fun, a lot of laughs talking about DC Universe's Harley Quinn Season 2. But first, uh, some random sponsor has some bullshit for you. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 605. This is the podcast where we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. I'm David C. Robertson, and this, my sassy back-talking plant, Jason Goss. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you, man, uh, this is one of those situations where it, this is definitely not a, a property that we don't want to be valid. I love this show. No, for sure. No, we're, we're heavily on board with this show. Like, too long, didn't listen. We love it. Go listen, <laughs> Go watch it. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's funny. It's irreverent. It's violent as shit. It's everything you could hope for. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> it looks great. There's There's no version of this that I'm down on. Frankly. Yep. So. As a starting point, we love it. What else yeah. you got? I, that's it, man. I think we're done. Well, this <laughs> has been fun. <laughs> how, did you, how, did you, how did you feel about uh, them opening up on No Man's Land? I mean, we knew I, what they were going to. Yeah, but. for sure. I mean, uh, ending season one that way, it's, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be that kind of story. And uh, I did enjoy it. Like, they, they, they made good use of the playground. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part, really, of, of that landscape is Harley just kind of taking over for reasons that aren't uh, good for her character's development. Mm-hmm. And then growing into her character. And uh, then, you know, they, they build on that, especially going into the finale. But, yeah, they, they built that into a character that... Her taking over No Man's Land in the way that she did wasn't necessarily good for her. Yeah, I appreciated that. Yeah, that was that was great. Um, I man, I am just I'm always so impressed and giddy over this show just being willing to kill off 
villains. Oh, they'll fuck you up main fast. Villains. Yeah. Like Harley, like did she? She like cut off Penguin's nose and then killed him. Yep. She killed Mister Freeze. By the way. <laughs> oh yeah, killing Mister Freeze. Great. Cutting off Penguin's nose. That's very particular. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and then having Burton in the last episode. That was that was clever. We're 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 clearly dealing with some somebody who knows the universe very well. Oh yeah, dude! Like that episode, the Batman episode, where they had him sitting down and Gordon just couldn't accept it. Oh yeah, yeah. Are you are you aware of that whole that whole debacle? No. In the comics, okay. So there was a writer, Paul I Jenkins, just like the interchange, but great. Dude, Paul Jenkins uh, was, he has talked about it before, uh, but apparently while he was, he says, I I would like to relay an editorial comment that I received near the end of my time writing the Dark Knight New 52 series. In one scene, I had written that Batman is sitting on a rooftop during an intense conversation close to a person who has been injured. The editorial comment, we're not sure you're, you are, we're not sure you are getting, quote unquote, getting the character because it's common knowledge that Batman never sits down. This, mind you, after I had made it clear I was not going to rewrite material for the umpteenth time after it had already been approved. Uh, now, aside from the fact that Batman could just as easily sit on his haunches as anything, if writing the character sitting down shows a basic lack of understanding of the character, then I guess Alan Moore didn't understand the character in The Killing Joke. Okay, and obviously, quick pause. Quick mm-hmm. pause. Some of my favorite little frames that I've seen here and there uh-huh. are like Batman sitting on the uh, the edge of a building with Superman and Wonder Woman eating mm-hmm. uh, like a, uh, what's that burger franchise? Uh, Big uh, Belly Burger. Big Belly Burger? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so... Just little moments like that that I, I deeply enjoy. He's just sitting around. Yeah. Okay. As you He work. continues. He continues. And obviously Frank Miller missed out on the point during his Dark Knight Strikes Again series. And of course, Batman never sits down when he's in the Batcave looking at all those monitors. I think perhaps <laughs> that if editorial comments are focused around, say, a character's penchant for standing up as opposed to, say, the interactions between characters or the flow and structure of the story, then the people behind such comments are missing the point. The requisite qualification for being a good editor does not have uh, to does not have to be a degree in English, though that might help. But neither should it be a ridiculous adherence to past continuity, especially not a haphazard and inaccurate one. So, yeah, that was the whole thing that apparently they were upset that Batman shouldn't be sitting. And uh, I mean, I could think of several, several things of it. Like he's got that like big bat chair in the, in the, the bat cave, that, like throne, you know, we've seen him in Batman the animated oh, for series. Sure. Like if that, that if that like, did one of those about crime alien things where <laughs> the, the chair kind of, you could just push it back and, and the whole desk, like that would make sense to me for sure. Not only that freaking Metron's chair. Yes, yeah, he. That's that's in canon now, whether you like it or not. And it's like, gee, he's did, sitting hard. I wonder, does Batman sit? Ping. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he sits so hard his nose bleeds. <laughs> oh, so yeah. No, look, so, I, 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 I get a little bit of the exercise value of that statement, but come on, man. Mm-hmm. Never. Uh, come on. Yeah, that was a great episode anyway, because it opened on the Snyder Cut fan who hates the the feminism and hates, you know, hate watches uh, Harley Quinn sitting well, next to the Last Jedi uh, thing. I, uh, guy, I, uh, that was all just so great. It was a good opening scene. I, my favorite so line was great. like, oh, she's going to Peggy Sue her way out of this situation. Mm-hmm. 
bad. I um, it was ironic, but I own that shirt now. I I bought that thing. <laughs> what shirt? The uh, the it, the shirt from that scene. Oh really? They made that shirt. They made that shirt from uh, Ink to the People. That's funny. I, it was just it was so bad. I kind of had to. That's great. Also, I like that color blue. Mm-hmm. So, how did you? I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how I say this. How did you like the the uh, the transition for Ivy? Because at the beginning of the season, it seems like she's very very into Kite Man. She is very into that relationship. But then they, I feel like they very realistically wove that in through the season to make it more and more clear that she's not quite there. Uh, I think they did a great job with that. Honestly, because this is not a lot of episodes to get from in love with Kite Man and getting married to in love with Harley and and running away. No, I I, I kind of think it is because they've been building it in since the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like her and Kite Man seemed like this uh, pipe dream kind of. Uh, it it seemed like it uh, it seemed like we were pushing the uh, like the suspension of disbelief too far to mm-hmm. to some extent. And then as it goes, they start making more and more justifications for it. Um, Mm -hmm. And frankly, it just comes down to, especially in like the latter half of season one and the early part of season two, it just comes down to he kind of appreciates her and she appreciates that. Mm -hmm. And there's something to be said for that. But something they built into season two was, well, what if there's this, this competing relationship that you haven't given enough attention to? Mm-hmm. So I uh, like I really appreciated how <laughs> I, I I kind of I'm torn. I don't know which one I appreciate more. Like her really digging into, hey, this is the path of least resistance. Uh, this is something I can get behind. This is something that I can be a part of. Mm-hmm. And she does love him, and I think he does uh, love her for sure. But at the end of the day, uh, he kind of stands up for himself and says, you know, no, this is. I don't deserve this. I, I really appreciated how they built that whole thing in. I did too. Like I, the longer it went, the more I was like, because initially they were like, kite man's a tool and Ivy doesn't really know what she's doing with him. She's ashamed of him. Honestly, By the end of it, straight I, up, I've never respected kite man more than this series. Right. Even um, with Tom King's, uh, writing here and there, this well, is I really, still the high point. I really like the Jeffrey Combs version from the brave and the bold, but yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I found myself, I, I found, I fell in love with kite man and I was thinking like, man, I don't like, I know this has got to move towards Harley and Ivy and it does. And I'm happy it went there because that's an iconic, beautiful relationship that I'm happy to ship all day. But I, I just kept kite going on like, the way I like don't, kite man I at some point says like, what does he say? Like, I'm I'm a simple man, but I'm not a fool or something like that? Yeah, yeah. That was, I don't know, that was very poignant. I, I, I honestly, I was very proud of him in that moment as as a character for uh, kind of realizing, you know what? This isn't the best, uh, this isn't my best life, this isn't what I deserve, that kind of thing. Yeah. By the way, I did, I did love, like, the idea that Kite Man is just kind of a basic bitch <laughs> <laughs> with his wedding choices and stuff, just... <laughs> 
<laughs> he mostly is, but he's also like I, I felt for him the entire time. Like this whole season, he was just getting thrown around by his parents, and I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I kept empathizing with the guy. Like, yeah, oh, this is not. You're not doing you, dude. Like you, you're just a kite guy, I guess. But you know, you can at least own that and and be that. You don't I have to l- be I your l- parents' absolutely, fucking pawn. I absolutely love his. Uh, <laughs> his competition with with Condiment King, his rivalry. <laughs> ah, that was that so good. <laughs> that seemed very fitting. But yeah, I I I was happy that it was he who kind of shut her down at the end and was like, "No, you're not being true to yourself, and it's not fair to me." Like, no, I mean, by the end of this, he he kind of deserved that. I'm glad he got that. Yeah, absolutely. But man, they were hitting me with like with good shit though because like it was like when we told i can't remember if it was me and you or if it was just a conversation between me and brent from from uh, fans without borders mm-hmm. but um where i was like man you gotta watch this thing and he was like nah, i haven't uh, i keep hearing that um he says something about i, I heard that the harley and ivy finally got together i was like well yes and no because at the time they hadn't quite gotten there yet but i was like but they actually do some really interesting character work where like they hook up and Harley wants it to work and pr- makes a proposal for it, and Ivy shuts her down with, you know, I trust you, I just don't trust you with my heart. And he was like, <laughs> "Wow, that's surprisingly poignant," you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, the show is solid. No, and then later it's uh, it's Ivy who kind of has the realization that, you know, that of all the all the people in her life, Harley is the one who's trying to grow. Mm-hmm. And that kind of inspires her. Um, it, the, the show has character arcs, man. I mean, they take some time for their people. Yeah. And, dude, I, I, I haven't even heard anyone mention this, but damn, Cy Borgman actually becomes like a real part of that family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I don't know why. It is one of the funniest mm-hmm. things to me when he is like screaming in pain while morphing into a car. That shit is so funny to me. It is. Alexander just did a really good job with that. Yeah. <laughs> that was just really good voice work. It was. And <laughs> there's just something about like that, like body horror comedy that just like, <laughs> I don't know why, but it cracked me up. It, it, I, it felt very real. Like I had this image of someone just, uh, at least giving like a, you know, that sunburn where you just like rub your hand over somebody's forearm really quickly. Mm-hmm. At least doing that to Jason Alexander while he was trying to record. <laughs> yeah. I was really impressed that they like, they threw the Justice League into the, into the fables book. And then honestly, I forgot about them. I was just. Oh yeah. That was kind of nice. I was just like, oh, oh yeah. They're still in that book. <laughs> Which was a good storyline. It was, uh, I don't know, man. It, it it was a good way of kind of fridging, I guess, uh, the entire Justice League. Mm-hmm. It, it, in a way that you can't kind of go back to the, the rest of the season and say, well, why didn't so-and-so? Well, they were in a fucking book. <laughs> what do you want What do you want them to do? Yeah. Also, the, the character uh, that was Wanda Sykes Hall, I think, yeah. um, doing it and... Uh, fantastic job there absolutely oh the, no no one did a poor job on this show everybody did a fantastic oh, God. job yeah the there is 
<laughs> the the voice acting on this show was zero percent zero you could pick any single character and just they they killed it they did a great job yeah i even liked that weird ass king shark episode oh yeah absolutely i mean <laughs> i love the i love their version of king shark i really do oh, uh, uh shark is mm-hmm. just that is a gift to humanity frankly <laughs> I love when they're all call when they're all chanting fresh fish and he's like or new fish or whatever it was and he's screaming, What do I tell y'all about that shit? <laughs> <laughs> he's so fucking polite the whole time. He's like, I'll murder every one of y'all <laughs> <laughs> But he goes between like I'll kill you on sight and Oh my god, have you tried these blueberries? You know, like he I just I don't know what I don't know what he's going to do at any given moment, and I love it. He's great. Uh, of course, we've got Alan Tudyk as Clayface and the Joker. What did you think of Joker's arc? Because Clayface remained somewhat one note this entire season, except, you know, he really likes to pretend to be sassy teenage girls. <laughs> I think he just <laughs> likes roles that challenge him, you know? <laughs> Uh, Joker, I really, I, I, I particularly adored the uh, the version of Joker that was early on, where it was uh, just him with his family and he was reformed and mm-hmm. and nothing going on there. Like I thought that was a really good performance by Tudyk. Yes, uh, just just playing that role very straight, and then with just hints of the kind of <laughs> you know just the him him veering into the madman <laughs> that was so that was so funny to me <laughs> just be like talking about something random be like <laughs> like yeah. no 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 focus focus huh okay yeah <laughs> those are good moments the, those are well written moments like the writers deserve all the credit for that and then the performance is fantastic and i i love that they wound up like like he was just like no you know what i was happy Let's give this thing another go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the kind of thing you always wish Joker would just try. It was like, you know what? Have you tried not being Joker? Yeah. Has that occurred to you? <laughs> I mean, what if just, I'm just throwing it out there. You were like into fishing. Yeah. I felt so bad for and his girlfriend too. Yeah, I did too. Like that whole family. Uh, he, like he seemed to really suit that family when when he was a part of it, mm-hmm. and you know that's going to be ripped away at some point, just just because we know who we're dealing with. Well, I mean, actually, I think this show—if any show could do it—this mm-hmm. show could be like. To, I mean, in a in a show where there is a Legion of Doom just operating freely in the middle of the city. For sure, yeah. I think this is the show where like Joker could be married and have kids and just be like completely domesticated but still be like an evil psychotic genius running around doing horrible things look in my mind if he if he goes that way he's an evil person domesticated and he's just like picking his child up from you know it's 315 on a thursday and he's picking his kid up from school and Mm -hmm. uh you know cheetah or somebody tries bounding up on on his child and he just grabs her pulls her down and holds a knife to her throat and says is this really what you what you want to do sweetie <laughs> see you know like i 
I used to know guys who were drug running gang members, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, they would they would cut you just as just <laughs> just, uh, just as quick as to look at you. They're, they had, it didn't matter to them. Yeah, but then you know when nine o'clock came around, it's like shit. I gotta clock. get home. Yeah, I gotta get home. I gotta get up and take my kid to school. What? <laughs> <laughs> There, there are better concerns than this life. Sorry, I get it. I think one of those guys was like, <laughs> he's talking about like, oh yeah, I gotta get out there. I gotta get back home, do all this. Okay, man. He's like, I gotta make sure my kids in bed. Then I gotta step out for a minute. Oh, cool. What you, what you stepping out for? Oh, I gotta go. Uh, gotta go meet up with my girlfriend, man. Are you, are you kidding? You said you're married, right? And he was like, man, I don't play on my dick. What? I don't play on my dick. Okay. Had to learn that phrase. Yeah. Did you, did you know that phrase before yeah. this? No, I've, 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 I've heard that phrase. I know that phrase. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good luck with your adultery, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, that shit's crazy, but it is a really fun picture to see, like, Joker running around trying to run a family and just... Every now and then getting real hard when it comes down to like, don't fuck with my family. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. it's, it's just a fun piece of fiction that I, uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of. They could go so many places with that. She could become like the new Harley. She could, like those kids could be like Joker juniors, like, or they could just remain like completely normal, do gooding, domesticated family. And Joker comes home after a long day of, you know, Given Batman what for. <laughs> and like, how was your day? Oh, Batman. You know. Why does he just leave you alone? Apparently he has some aversion to me gassing citizens. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um I loved Gordon's arc, especially in this in this uh in this season. The arc's fantastic and Maloney's fantastic. He is. And I I love Batgirl too. I love how she keeps accidentally almost calling him dad. <laughs> yeah, that was always fun. <laughs> and I continue to love that Dr. Psycho is still like not even Dark Side is okay with like his misogyny. Like, oh, oh dude. Yeah, that know? was glorious. I, we haven't even brought up the fact that she goes to Apocalypse and owns that shit. Oh, she totally does. She beats the shit out of a co- uh, Apocalypse. Man, I God, uh, it, this series deserved to be called Harley Quinn. <laughs> yes. You have a freaking Jim, Jim Rash Riddler who got super buff. Oh, and so many, oh, not to mention the inside jokes, but just the the idea of a buff Riddler where it's Jim Rash and he's just really relishing the point is gl- glorious. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. Uh, man, I just, I loved Bane's freaking... Uh, <laughs> rehabilitation center <laughs> which is just oh, yeah. the pit just the pit just oh my god it's so good i love they had george lopez come be helped you you know it just it, him running this little uh rehab center is it it's another one of those things where i don't even i, I don't know how to describe uh how much bane how much this version of bane was just uh, <sighs> It was like they took Tom Hardy and said, what if we just took the confusion out of it? Mm-hmm. And instead made it as funny as it possibly could be. 
or take all the confusion we had and put mm-hmm. it in him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually much better. <laughs> I don't understand. I thought we were partners. Yeah, but you're a silent partner. Oh. oh I, loved, I loved him in Two-Face. Yeah, that was good. Oh, my God. Just the whole thing, man, was so good. It was so good. I love that Nora Freeze was at Ivy's bachelorette party. She was actually, like, <laughs> just running around with them. I love their uh, her, like, college roommate who hates Harley. I don't remember her name. I don't remember either. I kept trying to think of it. But, yes, I, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know. Yeah, just everything was so, was so, so good. And it was more than I ever hoped for when they announced the Harley Quinn uh, show. And God, I hope they get season three. Um, we know it's going to HBO Max, so I assume that means good things. I would put money on season three. God, I love that Ivy is so like worried about what Catwoman thinks of her. <laughs> yeah, and that Catwoman is so like um, <clears throat> prescriptively catty the entire time. Oh, she's great. Like she she'll be there, but. She has stuff to say about it. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is too cool for school. I dig yeah. it. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah, uh, feels very right. And they put Egghead in that friggin' whatever. <laughs> they put Egghead in that one episode. Then heard the thing. The uh, Doctor Trap has that collection of crap, all that stuff, and one of them is you know uh, is uh, Egghead's egg. And they actually have what looks like a caricature of of, uh, Vincent Price. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that was just close to my heart, man. Um, One might say it was excellent. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Just because you deserve to hear that after that. Uh Um, Not that I don't love you. You've seen the 66 series. You know that was his thing. I'm here for it. I'm just saying. And every time he did it, I was positively egg static. I just, I feel like the response should be, fuck you, I love you. For any time, uh-huh. anytime someone says something in mm. that vein. Well, I'm sorry um, if you find puns excruciating. Mm, fuck you, I love you. We're going to keep doing this. I, I was there for that pretty hard. Uh, it's still, the them getting to end on... On the actual moment where they were together, that's that's amazing. Yeah, they did a, such a good job with all that. Mm-hmm. And Gordon, <sighs> Gordon lost a little weight, got to fly the Batwing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he had a good arc here. Like he he sobered up. He uh, like his biggest mistake going into the last episode was just like too much glue. <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty good turn. Uh huh. I love very much that this series has, uh, it, like, it contemplates the Joker and, and Batman, but it really doesn't. It's it's Harley Quinn, the animated series. It, yes. That, it, it very much is that. And if you came here for something else and you didn't get everything, I'm sorry. That, that wasn't what you were promised. They did what they promised. Mm-hmm. This show was very much about that. And oh, they did a great job unapologetically. Yeah, and we're up against a hard out, and I could keep going with how much I, I love Alfred and Bruce and their entire condescending relationship. Like, they're both oh, condescending to each other, but Alfred is just so totally right. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> he always is. He always is. And um, I love that they put the freaking Riddler in charge of Riddle You. I mean, 
obviously Jim Rash was the dean on Community. So yeah, I, yeah, they I gave him it. a morning announcement. Even <laughs> yes, fuck me, that's so good. <laughs> it's so so good. I want to so go happy. back and watch all of it over again. Yeah, me too. Just from beginning to end now. Um, but yeah, I. I hope for good things for Kite Man in the future. I hope we don't just lose him as a character because if I, really I never don't. if I never get to see, to hear Kite Man, hell yeah, again, I'm going to be really <laughs> sad. No, he earned his spot, and he especially did. like he uh, he stood up for himself. Uh, it, it, I think he's right overall. Like he he didn't. I don't know. I mean, I don't think she wanted to marry him. No, the show didn't present it that way. Mm. So I, I, I think he made a good point. I think he stood up for himself very well. Yeah. Yeah. Show's great. Harley's parents were pieces of shit. Uh, <laughs> just everything. God, there's so much that I want to talk about. Uh, but we need to cut this short now. Um, well, not really cut it short. We talked about all the things. We just, you know. Shoot. Do a lightning round. What you got? Oh, God. I can't do that. Uh, go, man. Go. The entire town being uh, turned into like a Harley racetrack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that this mm-hmm. season? Mm, I think first, but okay. <laughs> okay. I can't remember now. I mean, <laughs> me neither. I'm, I'm, I'm panicking. I'm panicking. Go, man. Go. What you got? Oh, no, I guess I'm done. Okay. Well, that was fine. Uh, was was Tabitha King Shark's uh, arranged marriage? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I don't remember that at all. Wait. Explain that to me. Sorry. Remember she, like, his dad wanted him to, to marry somebody oh. and she was like a hammerhead shark who was like oh in a dress the, and had was lipstick and was like smoking cigarettes underwater somehow yeah no she was at the wedding yeah i remember yeah. that yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that was a real there's, thing there's so much in this thing man there's so much here like also whoever uh ivy's uh like plant was uh i'm pretty sure it raped the other plants in that truck oh yeah frank the plant yeah I'm pretty sure, Frank, uh, pretty sure pretty sure Frank. Yeah. That that did not feel yeah. that didn't feel right. No, it didn't. <laughs> but it was it. Frank. All right. Now that I've I've you forced me into a lightning round where I can't say anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did want to mention this real quick. Bam! Uh, lightning round back. Go. I know. Did you notice how like Harley being frozen in that block of ice by freeze and then put on display in the iceberg lounge is like what Penguin did to Riddler in Gotham. Yes. I assumed that was a reference. Loved it. Maybe it's not a reference. Maybe it was just a, hey, I bet this would happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe. Anyway. I just Uh, love getting out of it. She kills fucking everyone. Yeah, man. (laughs) That is one ruthless bitch, man. (laughs) Do not. Do not. Get on that shit list. Yep. Beautiful. I love the show. I want more. Oh, one of my favorite, uh, just a, a small aside, The uh, especially in the last scenes in the wedding, uh, it's one of the most violent scenes that we've really seen. But they're, it's all in the background. Like It's all like black mana just evaporating a cop or... Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody just hitting somebody and like and and you, like there's a tooth the size of the entire screen coming at you for for a second mm-hmm. um it, there's not even a pretense of nonviolence. it's just literally people knocking out you know jaw structures <laughs> it's just 
So, oh, one of my favorite gags was like the parademons just dismantling the city, raising it to the core, murdering people, just willfully throughout the land, all over the place, in the background, and Ivy and Kite Man just nonchalantly planning their wedding. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And especially, <laughs> like, even the wedding planner gets picked up and, 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 and is still pitching ideas. Yep, that was hilarious. That was fantastic. Um, uh, now that you mentioned the parademons, uh, my favorite part of the season, probably, Granny Goodness getting her head knocked the fuck in. <laughs> I cannot describe how happy I was about that. <laughs> that is interesting, sir. Now, sure, it was not fair play. That's to be revisited. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see Mister Terrific anywhere. No, that jacket was was nowhere to be found. Right that right that second. <laughs> At the moment, I don't care if it was Harley being puppeted by Psycho. It happened, and I was happy mm-hmm. it happened because. Historically and to this day, it is still one of my least favorite characters in the entire DC Pantheon, and I was just happy to see her get her ass beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I love that they're not afraid to kill people. Oh no, you might just be straight dead. Like I never look at any like I'm looking at Giancarlo Esposito as Luther and going, "You might be dead any second. I don't know. <laughs> that is. I don't care if you're a big name actor. You could be gone. And he's doing a great job whenever he shows up as, as Luthor. I'm like, oh. Yep. Oh, oh man. You're you're giving Clancy a run for his money. I get it. <laughs> it's, it's a good run. He's fantastic on he's Breaking really Bad, too. He's really good. And Better Call Saul. He's good in every fucking thing he does. He's so good, dude. He's yeah. so good. Anyway, I'm going to call it. Made Flash Forward watchable, for God's sake. Oh, Lord. <laughs> You know I'm right. I, I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Bethany, I have to ask your wife. Bethany, I have talked about it. Mm-hmm. It's one of the highlights. Wait, was it Flash Forward or was it Revolution? Oh, shit. It was Revolution. I'm sorry. Uh, Flash Forward was... Uh, ah, that was a different thing. That was I'm, fairly certain, I'm fairly certain you've done that several times. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is the only reason mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, call them on this. Yeah, it's revolution, isn't it? You're right to call me on that. <laughs> it's revolution. I'm like, hmm. Bethany loves Giancarlo Esposito. If Rev, Power he was on revolution. If, if he was on Flash Forward, I would have heard a lot more about Flash Forward. Yeah. No, this is revolution. <laughs> it's revolution. It's revolution every time. Why can't I remember this? I watched every episode of all of them. I don't understand. I mean, they were on kind of at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think they both got canceled without an ending. They both definitely did that. Yeah. Well, now that we're officially talking about other shows, I think it's Mm -hmm. fair to wrap it up and say thank you so much for listening to DC on screen. Uh, If you were wondering, we decided to go ahead and do our Harley Quinn season two review because one, we were starting to forget. Uh, (laughs) Two, uh, yes, we know that the release the air cut thing is happening on Twitter right now, and uh, we know that Zack Snyder just had an interview with uh, Grace Randolph, mm-hmm. where he said a lot of bunch of stuff. So, a lot of bunch, a lot of bunch. Uh, yeah, man. Um, we're gonna talk about that next time because in between now and then, 
there's going to be a whole bunch of Justice Con stuff happening. So uh, we're just waiting on, on all that to happen. And literally, we were just going to be talking about Adam Smasher and whatever happened today. We're not going to have time to do Harley Quinn any other time. It has to happen now yeah. before we forget. So it happened. And uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> DConscreen.com for every episode. We love you guys and you gals. We, when we say guys, we mean everybody, though. <laughs> I mean, fact is, we really loved the property and... Uh... I I almost feel ashamed that we have to like sneak it in sometimes, but man, everything's just happening. Everything's just coming. You know what? Are happening. And I think I think it was a DC Film Squad cast that we're talking about. Like DC fans have got some good eating going on right now, mm-hmm. you know, and we do. There's just so much happening right now, and it's so exciting. And um, you know, we had scheduled out and something entirely different for our show because mm-hmm. we were like everything's gonna be dead, and then. Week after week, it got pushed because, oh, shit, this is happening. Oh, shit, this is happening. Oh, well, we need to go do this because this is happening next week. And it's just going to be like that for, so, that's okay. <laughs> we'll just. Darn. Mm-hmm. Awesome things are being announced. So, thank you for listening. And uh, hopefully, this time next month, Fandom will be like, hey, Heart of Quinn Season 3 is coming. And. We can all rejoice and uh, just look Honestly, forward to if more it of this. Ended with that like Bonnie and Clyde kiss, I'd be pretty happy. Oh yeah, no, it would be great if it ended there. Like that would like, be, like I wouldn't be sad about that at all, except even, for the fact that we're not getting any more. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, w- I would like more. But uh, like on top of the Bonnie and Clyde kiss, the Alan Tudyk kind of like, it, what is the song he's singing? Do you know? I don't remember. It, like I. It reminds me of like Ave Maria, but it's not, it's definitely not just reminding me of it. Yeah. I don't remember what he But Tim Burton appreciated it. We know that much. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) I mean, that's a real thing that happened in the show. It is. It was really funny. Tim Burton was like standing there crying over what Clayface was singing. Yeah. And and then, you know, Tim Burton. <laughs> like kind of so crazy weird. that's a thing that actually happened and clearly he was okay with his visage being on that. Yeah. <laughs> I say clearly because you know surely he would have stopped it if that was I don't know. I don't know. That that wasn't in my notes for today. I'm glad you brought that up because I had forgotten it until you st- you said Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> I do genuinely believe that Tim Burton would have liked this property for sure. I don't think he would have. I think he would have thought it was stupid. Nah, nah. This is the kind of insanity that I think he would be on board with. I don't know. At the very least, I like the caricature of him. Just like. Yes, the caricature of him makes me crack up. I, I don't think that real life Tim Burton, because real life Tim Burton doesn't like comic books and shits on comics. And no, you know, it's we're making a cartoon, you know, all that kind of stuff. I get that. But, yeah, this is the guy that had Penguin bite off a nose. I don't know, man. I, I think he would have loved the the sheer, uh, I don't know, the like the punk arrogance of the show. Mm-hmm. I think he would have dug that. Maybe. Also, 
Uh, just one last thing for me. Um, the score, the way they keep playing with the theme of the show. Ah, oh, man, I really love it. They, they've uh, they've done it in several different versions at this point. That uh, hard to describe, but they're like that. Dun, 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 dun. They keep playing with it. Mm-hmm. Over and over again, and they keep finding different ways to portray it, and uh, different. Uh, it, it's a theme they keep playing with, and uh, as scoring goes, I, I, I really love it. Mm-hmm. Kind of meant to look up who did that. Um. Well, the composer. Let's see. I was just looking at it. Jefferson Friedman, and the song that Clayface sang was "Yellow Emar." Okay, don't know it, but okay. Yeah, like you can find Pavarotti singing it. <laughs> that does not surprise me. All I know is it was supposed to be a big song, and that's how they played it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the, to be yeah, a the major vocal performance, you know. Yeah, apparently that was his favorite moment. It was meant to be like a send up of John Wick. Nice with like the opera over all the uh, the action and stuff. Nice. Yeah, that played for me. <laughs> it's probably a hundred people died in the background. Yeah, that works. okay let's go let's do it Uh, thank you so much for listening dconscreen.com if you want to help the show the best way to do that is uh, patreon patreon.com slash dconscreen and um, if you want to help out for free then throw us a a rating and review over on apple help Yep. (laughs) Until next time, y'all. Keep some DC on your screen. See you there. There's going to be a big news thing coming. (laughs) Big old news episode. (laughs) Fast. Turgid, throbbing. Oh. I don't forget about what's happening right now. (laughs) It ain't a show until I make you feel that way. Welcome into DC on screen episode. Oh, I need to count down. <laughs> just keep that in whatever the recording is. Just keep that in the <laughs> countdown. Sure. I just like it. Here, I'll start this time. Five. Four. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.
Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Are you? 